0: Hey friends how's everybody doing you good all right um, welcome you guys who are here welcome you guys who are watching us online really good to be in worship with you if I haven't met you yet my name's Daryl Holden I'm one of the pastors here i've actually been out the last three weeks so it is um, it's awesome for me to be back here in uh, what is my work i'm really appreciated I really appreciate the people who have um, covered for me it's really only gone one of those three but when I'm not like somebody's got to take they, when they take the sermon, it takes a lot of time. It adds on to their week, and so Greg did that last week. I'm just really grateful to him. Um, I'm excited as we launch, kind of, we're looking at fall, we're starting a new series, call it Verified. And it is a, uh, we're gonna study 2 Corinthians together. And uh, we can't, we could can spend all year if we were just gonna like go each little section by section, and we're not gonna do that. I don't have the patience for that, even if you do. Um, we're gonna look at some major themes in this letter of 2 Corinthians. And I thought this was a good time for us to talk about it. 2 Corinthians is this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this little church, an ancient church called Corinth. And it was actually, I think, the third letter that he wrote to him, but it's the only, it's the second one that we have. So um, he was writing to them to, to help them see and understand that there are, that there are imposters and there are real. Christian people, Christian ministers, and so this, this letter really is his argument that, that they are being fooled by some people and he, because of the work of God in his life, he's, he's true, he's verified. And so we're gonna talk about some different things that are, uh, like this, they're, we are verified by God and these are stamps of ministry that uh, you and I, as real Christian people, they'll be on us. So this week, really cool experience, um, Thursday, Friday, In this room, we hosted, it's called the Global Leadership Summit, and it happens early part of August every year, and it is a gathering of, it started at Willow Creek Church, and it kind of started as a gathering of Christian leaders, and it spilled over, and it's just this leadership development week, couple days, conference, and it's really good. So our staff participates, and we had an incredible privilege this year of hosting, so we had business leaders from our community, we had a company, their management from Oatana, but the other the thing that was really cool to me is um, we invited our ministry partners here in town, our nonprofit ministry partners, to come and participate in that with us, and eight of the nine partners that we have were represented here, and the reason that's really cool is because the theme of the conference is that when the leader gets better, everybody gets better, right, and we all know that. As leaders, and we also know that because we have leaders, if our leader's better, everything's better for us, and um, nonprofits don't have budgets to invest in leadership. And so because you guys give, we get to invest in the leadership of the nonprofits here in our community, and we're just going to see those nonprofits continue to get better and do better work in Jesus' name. and it was a great thing. So I just wanted to thank you guys for giving to our church so that we can do that kind of stuff. But I also wanted to share with you, there's a, there was a question that was asked by the last speaker that I'm still processing this, but I thought it was kind of a, a great thing to ask you at the beginning of our time together. So as you can imagine, a lot of this conference for leaders was about what we've come through the last year and a half, and however much time is ahead of us on that. And it was you know speaking encouragement, keep going into, into, so this last guy, he asked this question. He says, so what if, what if where we are today and um, what we've just been through, what if that was the teaching, and now we're living in the test, which is, a little bit different than I've been thinking about this because it really feels like we are still in, hopefully on the tail end of, of a test. But, but the question was what if that was the teaching and this that we're walking into and hopefully on the front end of the end of this thing, what if, what if this is now the test? We've received the teaching and now the test and he was talking about things we learned in the last year and a half about how important relationships were. and community and about compassion and being with and there and for uh, other people. And, and so he was just talking through that. And I thought, man, that is, isn't that a great question? What if, what if that was the teaching and now we're getting to walk out the test? So so if we're in the test right now, I think what we're going to talk about today is like, it's really important. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to read verses three through five to you, and these will be on the screen if you need them. You'll catch the theme of what we're gonna talk about because it's pretty dominant. So the Apostle Paul, the he, first couple of verses are greeting grace and peace to you guys, and then he's, he launches into this just hymn of praise to God. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So I wanna talk with you today about God being the God of all comfort. And I I want us to talk about this for two reasons. The first is some of you right now are really going through it. Illness, death of loved ones, change, Just kids going off the rails, caring for aging parents. Some people in our church are getting ready to drop kids off at college for the first time and staring at that, and that's kinda of scary. Some of you are getting ready to put your kindergartner in school for the first time. You're in these new seasons of life. People are moving. And and that creates a lot of chaos in our lives. And And so I'm really hoping that in this time together, the Lord will just comfort you and and you'll kind of have a strategy for receiving his comfort when you walk out of here. The other reason I want to talk about this is because while many of us have a lot of suffering going on in our lives, it's really hard to watch people you love suffer, but it's really cool to watch their church come around them. And so I'm really hoping as I talk a little bit that this just affirms us as a church, for the way that, that we come around people who are hurting, who are suffering, who need comfort, come around them for the purpose of, of comforting them, encouraging them, and lifting them up. In doing that, some of you are suffering and you're trying to go it alone. You, or, or you just think, you know, me and God, we got this. So I'm also hoping as we talk through this, I'm really hoping to surface some of you who think that you know just you and God are gonna make it through this, because the truth is you're not, that there are people here, there are people who are around you, they can't carry all your burdens, but they could sure carry some of them, and life could get a lot better for you uh, in days ahead if you, would, if you would let God through his people bring comfort to you. So we're gonna talk about God being the God of all comfort, Father of compassion, and about how he comforts us so that we can comfort other people. So let me just kind of take us back to this verse again. And um, I've highlighted a few things here for you to be able to notice. I mean, just kind kind of look at, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And what I'm doing this highlighting here with with these verses is just to let you know that the dominant word in these verses is comfort. Five different times in just these three verses here, the Apostle Paul, he's writing about this comfort, 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 comfort. Three times he talks about trouble or suffering. And for those of you who are really going through it right now, what I really hope you can see and hear in this is that your suffering won't have the last word. Your suffering's not gonna have the last word. God's comfort is going to have the last word for you. His comfort is over and above and beyond what your suffering is, if you will receive it from him. Uh, This these verses, I've, kinda, I've quoted them to you um, out of the New International Version of the Bible. I don't know if you know how versions of the Bible work. We've got some really good ones written in English because the Bible was written mostly in Hebrew and Greek. So the, the New International Version, the NIV, is the one that I typically use, especially for teaching. But there is, um, it's called the Christian Standard Bible. And it, it says something, it just kind of says it with a little bit different flavor. And I love what this says here. It says that when suffering overflows, comfort. Overflows. Just the sufferings of Christ overflow to us also through Christ, our comfort overflows. And that just, you you feel like your suffering is overflowing in your life right now and what you've gotta know. What you gotta know is that your suffering is not gonna have the last word. God's comfort will have the last word because as your suffering is overflowing today, God's comfort is going to overflow in your life in days ahead. So because this series is an overview of 2 Corinthians, and we're talking some about suffering today, what I've done is I've kind of gone through this letter and surfaced, I think there's five things that 2 Corinthians tells us, like sources of suffering in our lives. So when you've been knocked down, like, hey, where did that come from? You know, where is that? And so let me just, let me share these five things with you, and maybe this helps you process this a little bit. The first one is um, sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We read that just a minute ago in these verses that Paul is writing to us. He's speaking by himself, but it's also true for people who are following after Jesus. And sometimes there's just there's suffering that we go through because of our, of our faith in Jesus, because of our testimony about him, because of our willingness to live according to his plan for our lives. There are things that happen to us the apostle Paul, he had a long list of things. I mean, he was he was beat, he was thrown in jail, he had people abandon him, he got shipwrecked, he spent the night floating on a piece of wood in the ocean, like he's got this long list of different things that happened to him. But everywhere he went, people were after him. And he just talks about those, he was sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Second source of suffering that this letter talks about is bad choices that you've made. There was a person in the church at Corinth who was who is suffering under the bad decisions that they had made for themselves, and I'm sure that overflowed into the lives of other people, and so, so sometimes our suffering comes from bad choices. It's just the natural consequences of bad choices in our lives. The third thing that, that he writes about in this letter is there's just this, this strain of living in a fallen world. When Adam and Eve sinned, all the way recorded back in Genesis chapter three, when they sinned, everything broke, it just, it just broke. And I mean, mosquitoes didn't bite before Genesis chapter 3. And, you know, roses didn't have thorns before Genesis chapter 3. And there was no suffering. There was no pain. There was no death before Adam and Eve sinned. And, and everything broke. Like the, the whole thing changed. And so now here you and I live however long it is past that. And, and this world that we live in is broken. And we're broken. And so there's just there's just this strain of living in a fallen world. We age, and the aches and pains of aging and other people are the way they like. There's just this this strain of living in a fallen world. Some things are just hard because the world's broken. The one I like is in chapter seven when Paul writes about it. He calls it just trouble in every way. I, I don't know. I this it feels like a catch-all to me. But he just he writes about there's just trouble in every way, and I. Broken world, consequences of somebody else's sin, sufferings of Christ, I don't know, I just got trouble every way that there could be trouble in my life. It feels like I've got trouble in every way right now. My kids are giving me problems, having issues here, I've got stuff going on at work, my marriage isn't working. You just, I, trouble in every way. And so, so suffering can come just by having trouble in every way, and then the last one, this was interesting to me, it's discipline and training by the Lord. And you probably heard this little, um, it's a cliche almost in our culture, talks about having a thorn in the flesh. You know, and that's the apostle Paul's writing, like he's, he had, he called it a thorn in his flesh, where there was, there was something, it was a messenger from Satan, he asked the Lord to take it away, and the Lord's like, nope, I'm gonna let that suffering stay present in your life, because that keeps you humble and dependent on me. And so sometimes God lets pain and suffering into our lives because he's teaching us, training us as his children in some way. And, and so this is, if you're suffering, probably falls under one of these categories. Now, what I got to say to you, oftentimes Christian people particularly when there's when there's something happening in their lives, some negative negative stuff happening in their lives, they they're looking for like, okay, what did I do wrong? What have I done bad? Why am I being punished? And First of all, God doesn't punish his kids. He disciplines. So you gotta know that. Like there's there is correction and training in that. There's not punishment. He's not walking along behind you and just smacking you in the head. And like that's not how God treats his children. But I wanted you to see there are other reasons that we suffer. And and so so it's a fair question. Am am I being corrected by the Lord for suffering? But the answer to that question is, isn't always yes. And so you don't have to enter seasons of, of pain and difficulty with a bunch, of, a bunch of guilt and some people even to the point of almost paranoia of what am, I, what am I doing wrong? I gotta figure out how to get all my ducks. Sometimes things are hard because they're hard. Sometimes you got suffering going on on every side. Sometimes, sometimes other people's sin is impacting you. I, like, there's just a number of reasons that you could be suffering. And so just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean you've done something wrong. And so you should know that. That, that there are other reasons that we have hard things going on in our lives. And so, so as we endure, as we engage with these difficult things that are going on in our lives, I think what we're reading today, there's, there's really two things that we have to keep in mind. The first is to let God comfort you. Right, You gotta let God comfort you. You gotta receive the comfort that he wants to give to you, this, this seems obvious, but what I've experienced in my own life, and what I see happen in other people, is um, we're not good at receiving what God wants to give to us. We we find ourselves in some sort of situation, and we we want to fix it ourselves. We want to like just set our face towards the wind and see like. Or we want to turn tail and run. We, we, it's a hard thing to receive what God wants to give to you. But, but we read in these verses that he is, he is the father of compassion. He's the God of all comfort for us. And I, I really appreciate his willingness to comfort us. He's, he stands ready to comfort you. So I was, um, years ago, I read a book. I read several of the books, but do you recognize the name Corey Ten Boom? Some of you, if, if you have not read anything she's written, you should, you should look her up on Amazon and get something she's written. It's great stuff. Corey Ten Boom was was um, Nazi Germany. Her family was hiding Jewish people. And she was a little kid, and she knew, or she was young, and she knew, that what was coming for them was, was not gonna be good. And so she was talking to her dad about, what's coming is not good, how are we gonna do this? And he told her, he said, when we are getting ready to go on the train, when do I give you your ticket? And her answer to him was, you give me my ticket right before we get on the train. And he just, he calmed her down and just said to her, our heavenly father will give us our ticket right before we get on the train. That he was, first of all, pointing her to the grace that her father wanted to give to her and calm her worries about what was coming in the future that that you don't get grace to handle what you've got until you have it, right? Until you don't get grace to go through something until it's time to go through something And so you have this father who stands ready to give you his grace to go through whatever kind of suffering that you're going through. I love Psalm 131, verses one and two. This is most of this Psalm. It's David, the psalmist, he wrote it. He writes this, he says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I'm content. And I think this is a great picture for us, even though we're grown ups. Like, we're grown ups, and it's really hard to think about being a little kid crawling up into your parents' lap. But the picture here is for grown ups, people who are in the middle of it, to to crawl into their heavenly father's lap and let him comfort you. Those of us who are parents, think back to when your kids are running around the playground, something happens on the playground. They get knocked down, they scuff themselves, they fall off the slide, something happens. They, they come, what do they do? They come running to you, right? They're, they're crying, they're yelling about something, they're, they're hurt, they're mad, but they come running to you and and you grab them, and if it's a little boo-boo, it's just a little kiss, and they're back at it. But if it's a big deal, you gotta hold them for a little bit. And, and your heavenly Father wants to do that for you. But you gotta let him. You gotta let him. To crawl into his lap. So here's, here's what I'm encouraging you to do. If, you're, if you are going through it right now, I would say to you, and, and you are struggling with, where is this comfort that you're talking about? If you're, if you're kind of arguing with me in your mind right now about where is this comfort that you're talking about? So let me, just, let me encourage you to do this. Let me encourage you to, to grab your Bible and clear some space. And whatever kind of worship music that you like, maybe take a little bit of that with you and get yourself in a quiet place and sit before the Lord and pray this psalm to him. right, Lord, I am am not proud, I'm not haughty, which is another word for proud, but word of this poetry here. I am not gonna concern myself with things that are too hard for me. I just need you to comfort me. I'm climbing into your lap and I just need you to comfort me. And listen to that music that is singing praises to him, You've got your Bible open, the Psalms are great places to just read and listen to the Lord. You could read towards the end of the prophet Isaiah, it's there in the middle of the Bible too, there's some great words of comfort from the Lord to his people. Those last few chapters of Isaiah, you could read the first couple chapters of 2 Corinthians, this letter that we're looking at. There are a number of places that you could read in the Bible, but this isn't five minutes. This isn't five minutes, I'm telling you, I think you ought to grab your Bible and that music and clear you some quiet space for 45 minutes for an hour and just go sit with the Lord and tell him like, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop because you know, if you go back to the playground, the kid on the playground image, some of you guys, you're going through the grown up version of like you fell off the slide and then the, the playground bully threw sand in your eyes and pushed you down. I mean, you're just going through some stuff. And you, you need to go to your father and to be with him because he wants to comfort you. And so to give him this comfort that he wants to offer you. I mean, this verse tells us that he is, he's the father of compassion, the God of all comfort. Like the, it, it's sort like the word all is throughout there. Like all, comfort and compassion comes from him. He's the source of it. He's the first one who ever comforts or compa- offers compassion to his people. He is, He is the comfort and caregiver for you and and you should let him you should let him by by just by crawling into his lap and telling him i need my father right now i need you to father me through this and and see what happens in those moments because he you need grace to get through what you've got going on and he has grace to give you if you'll go sit from him and receive what he wants to give you. And here's, that's the first way that God comforts us, he wants to comfort you directly as you'll go crawl into his lap and just sit with him. There's a second way that he comforts us and that's, that's through his people. And so to let God comfort you through his people. So um, swimmers who are drowning, if you've been trained to rescue somebody who's drowning in a pool or a lake or whatever, uh, they warn you in that training that oftentimes somebody who's drowning is going to fight you if you're trying to rescue them. That makes no sense at all, right? That I'm trying to help you, why are you fighting me? Well, the reason they're fighting is because of panic. They're, they're panicked and they're fighting you and sometimes people who are going through it, who are drowning under the sufferings of this life, sometimes they'll, they'll fight people push them away, and it's just panic. But, but most of the time that hurting people fight off the other people in their lives, I think is because of pride. But that somehow there's this, like, I got this, me and God, we got this, and we're gonna do this, we're gonna make it through, we're gonna do this on our own. You're, you're not gonna make it through on your own. One of the ways that God brings comfort to his people is through his people, and so for those of you who are, who are suffering today and feel like you're drowning and you've isolated yourself from those around you thinking that somehow you're gonna make it through this, like this is just, I'm just, I'm waving the flag at you right now telling you're not gonna make it. If you're isolated, if you're alone, if nobody else knows, if nobody else is helping, you're not gonna make it without somebody else, letting somebody else in to this deal with you. Let, like, there are people around you who would be glad to to ease your burdens, and to suffer alongside of you as much as is possible. Again, there's part of it in suffering that only we can carry. When I'm going through a season, there's some stuff that only I can do. But there's a lot of stuff in my life that other people can do for me so that I can do the part that only I can do. And if you're trying to do it all, that, that weight is too much. God didn't design you to carry that much weight. He designed you to have people who are around you who will help you, and you gotta let them in. At least four times in the Bible, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And it is, it is an act of humility to, to invite other people into your suffering to raise your hand and say, hey, I need some help. Can you help me? And, and knowing that they can't carry all that burden for you, they can't take everything off, there's part of it only you can do, but to say, hey, I need, I need some help. God gives grace to humble people. And, and so he's, he's placed people around you, there are people in your circle of influence that they would, they would be more than happy to meet a need for you that they can meet, so that you don't have to worry about that When you can worry about the stuff that you gotta face head on and get through in these days, so you can let God comfort you through his people, and I know, it's, like, it's so hard to let somebody else serve you, to make you dinner, to buy you dinner, to babysit your kids, to, to do some stuff that you, like, you'd rather do that yourself, and you'd rather be the one who does that for other people. It's so hard to let other people serve you, but God stands opposed to proud people, and he gives grace to humble people, and. Especially in seasons of suffering, man. We we need we need grace, and his his hands are out to comfort you through his people. He's comforted them, and they're standing ready to pass his comfort on through their life into in yours. Right, so we do this well as a church. Somebody will raise their hand if you'll if you'll ask for help. This church will come around you. So I wanna, let me just kind of affirm that in us, and also kind of coach us a little bit in this. All right, so I've got a a few things about being a comfort to other people. So this first one. um, In comforting, coming along somebody else, you gotta remember it's not about you. I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, So years ago, Marie was having a procedure done and it was early in the week that it was gonna happen and I was at the hospital with her and I was in the waiting room, and I was still working, and so I had, A, I had this great big concern for my wife and where this was all gonna lead, if anywhere, and I had a sermon coming five days, it was probably a Monday or Tuesday, so like the weekend's always coming when you do this, and so I had that, um, we had kids that somebody else was covering for us, we had meals coming that night, we had a group of people at the church praying for us, And there was people who had, they wanted to come sit with me at the hospital. And I said no, because I I wanted to sit by myself when when all this was going on. And I had work to do to kind of keep me distracted and people were serving us in a variety of different ways. And we got past that a little bit. And the people that I had said no to about coming to sit with me at the hospital were mad at me because they didn't get to come sit with me at the hospital. I just remember thinking, <laughs> I, I can't win here, right? Because um, it was about them in that moment. It was that was that was, and I I don't mean this like they were trying to be super selfish. They just hadn't stopped to think that it wasn't about them and how they would want to be comforted in the moment. So, so some things are comforting to you that are not comforting to me, and, and if I say no or no thanks for that way, there are some other ways I could, it's not about you and what would be comforting to you, it's about them and what would be comforting to them. And so just, just keep that in mind as you, as you offer things to people and if they tell you no, I, that's okay, because if you know what's going on in their lives, or a portion of what's going on in their lives, you are in a position to be able to comfort them. So here's a couple ways, first, prayer. Always prayer, always prayer. The other stuff, because we're talking about passing on the comfort that God has given to you into the life of somebody else, like this is this is Christian comforting and a huge part of that is intercessory prayer, praying for them. We're gonna talk about this in a couple of weeks when. Paul, writing back to these people at Corinth, he says, man, I'm helped by your prayers because when we pray, God moves. And so prayer, always prayer, and and to be present, a ministry of presence in people's lives. Don't underestimate the power of being present in somebody's life even when you can't do anything, to just just be there. And and sometimes you don't need to be there because if if you're ministering to somebody like me who's in a moment where I I can't have somebody else in the room right now, I just need to be in the room by myself. Um, It's okay. You can be there with your cell phone by texting me. You can be there with your email by sending me an email that says, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. You could could type out your prayer and just shoot it to the people who are in your life. The beautiful thing about that technology is that we we can get it when we can get it. Right, So you don't have to bomb into somebody's life. I do hospital visits some. I always feel like I'm bombing in to some private tender moment. And some people love that and some of you just tolerate it because we're from the church and it's supposed to happen, but like, you can, a cell phone, a text, an email, it doesn't bomb in. And you can still be present in somebody's life. You can send them flowers, you could send them balloons, you could make sure a meal finds its way into their refrigerator if that's a blessing to them. There are lots of different ways. And then practical help that's helpful to them. Back to my little deal about like this is, this is about somebody else, this is about them, it's not how you wanna help them, it's how they could be helped. And so to be a source of God's comfort to other people, it's prayer, always prayer. Texting them scripture verses, texting them things that have been meaningful to you as you've gone through suffering. A lot of sitting still, listening, and letting God be his presence in people's lives through you. And again, this isn't a, this isn't a challenge to a church that doesn't do this, this is a way to go to a church that I'm getting to see rally around people who are hurting. So we allow God to comfort us, and crawl in his lap, crawl in his lap, and receive the comfort he wants to give to other people. And that's good news, you don't have to go through this season of suffering alone. And, and You who have received and are receiving God's comfort in your life, there are places that, I mean, God, everything God gives you, he gives you to give to somebody else. Everything he gives you, he gives you to give away. so, like He's given you this comfort and this grace and so you get to pour it into other people's lives and that's good news. And I wanna close all this and show you two more verses that, that I think pile on to this good news because, because not only is God our comforter, not, not, he's not just a God who comforts us in the suffering and the trials that we have. He's also our champion. He's our savior. He's our, he's our rescue. He's the one who, who, who not just like doesn't just hug you as you go through. He's the one, he's the one who's gonna walk you through it and deliver you, and you'll come out victorious. And so I wanna I wanna share these two verses with you. The first is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And this is just this is comfort that the apostle Paul says he's receiving. He says, We're hard-pressed on every side. We are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Because we have comfort that comes to us from God. Now the psalmist, he's writing through a season and writing about this God and his people, and he says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. (laughs) They'll never be shaken. They'll be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear, and in the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. That, my friend, is good news. That that today, you are suffering, and God has comfort for you from himself and through his people. And in the end, you will look in triumph on your foes if you'll let him walk you through this season. So, what I want for you is to receive this comfort that God wants to give you so that when in the end you get to look in triumph, you will come through this as a conqueror, as victorious because of what God's going to give to you. So, will you guys bow your head and close your eyes? Let me pray this over you, please. So before I pray, let me give you just a minute. Some of you are hurting. Maybe you just need to say that to the Lord and ask him for his comfort. Some of you want to help. Maybe you don't know who or maybe you don't know where or maybe you've been standing off and you just need to say that to the Lord. I'm okay, I'm ready to help. And maybe you need to say to him, I want you to be my champion. I need you to to rescue me. So, Father. You are, you're the father of compassion. You're the God of all comfort. All of it. You comfort us in all of our suffering. And in this comfort that we receive, we get to pour out into the lives of other people. Thank you. Just thank you for your love for us, for your care for us. Thank you for, we honor you for your great power, that you're not just the God who's close, you're the God who's over and above, so that after we have suffered for a little while, we will, we will look in triumph on our foes. Would you, would you blow the wind of encouragement of triumph into the lives of your people today? May they know that this is is a season you've victory just around the corner for them. Jesus, this comfort, this ministry of comforting is all mediated to us through you. So thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and suffering. Thank you for your willingness to, to minister to us. Thank you for your love. We love you too. And Jesus, we pray these things in your name, amen. So thank you guys for being here today, for being part of this worship service this weekend. It's really good to see you. It's really good to be with you. If you need to talk or pray about any of this stuff, I'll hang around down here in the front for a little bit. Love to to visit with you. May God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week.